1: Uh, because in this little book, it it can be rather confusing. And the poeticness of the original language can make it a little uncomfortable. So we've been studying this in one translation. We'll put it up on the screen for you. But we've been studying this in the translation of the Passion Translation. So we're going to go to the Song of Songs, chapter number five today. Uh, You can read along with me as we go through. And uh, Song of Songs, chapter five, we're going to start in verse number two. Let's go on a quick backtrack to remember where we've come in this journey. On the first week, we talked about the fact that God is in love with us, and most of us have made mistakes, and we've made a lot of faults and a lot of failures, and we continue to make mistakes with a lot of faults and lots of failures, but God keeps bringing it around that He sees us and He loves us. The second week, we talked about how those little girls that were rescued from the human trafficking that came in, how they they got to change their song. And then the third week, we talked about how God is singing over us and how He wants to change our song. The fourth week, we talked about the fact that God wants us to receive His marriage proposal, and He wants us to be a part with Him for all of eternity. Then last week, we talked about how that when you're really in love with God, you will have the fruit... Let me say that again, the fruit of God growing in your life. And we talked about those that the Song of Songs mentions that will be growing in your life. And and, and I was blessed this week to hear so many people respond and talk about how that had caused certain conversations in their own families. And so I thought we'd be ending up this series today in the, one of the last chapters of, of the book, but the Lord caught me here in this fifth chapter. And as, I, as I've read this phrase that our, our sermon topic today is, uh, isn't it enough? As I read this, I, I just knew that, that, that God was speaking to our hearts. So let's pick up in chapter 5, verse number 2, and this is the king writing unto you, his bride. Let me say that again. This is the king writing unto you his bride. Arise, my love. Open your heart, my darling, deeper still to me. Wow. We've been talking over the last several weeks about how God loves you unconditionally and how deep God's love is for you and how much that God has done in your life. And the very first thing that God says to you here in chapter five is, I want to know you more. God says, I've met you, I love you, and I want you to know how much I love you. Wow. And so then he responds. He says, I want you to, to let me take you to a new place. Let me take you to deeper places. Can I tell you the greatest problem that you have when you go to church is to feel like you have it all together? How many realize you don't have it all together? If you have to act like you have it all together, if you're trying to fake it till you make it in that sense, uh, not healthy. You don't know all of God yet. You do not have the revelation of His love and the level that He wants and His very, very heart's cry is for you to open up your heart and go deeper with Him. And then He says, He said, Will you receive me this dark night? For there is no one else but you. God's talking to you now. He says, you are my friend, my equal. What that's really saying is you are the counterpart that completes me. And then God says this, I need you this night to arise and come be with me. For you are, watch this, my pure. Anybody feel left out there? (laughs) You are my loyal dove, a perfect partner for me. I mean, that kind of bothers me. If that bothers you a little bit, are you ready for this one? This is really, really bother you. You are my, ready for this? Flawless one, will you arise? Does anybody still feel like you're part of the story? Or do you feel flawed? I think we all have flaws. Now, some people miss flaws. It's, it's sort of like this. It's sort of like the, in all my years of youth ministry, I, I realized watching young people as they grew up, and I saw this mostly with young ladies, and I just wanted to just scream and say, what are you doing? They, they find some guy, and, and some of you may have been one of those young ladies, attracted to the wild guy. Somebody just bolded, yep, that's me. Come on now. Well, they start liking this kid. He's bad news from the start. I just felt like somebody heres yep, married that one. But anyways, you know, <laughs> bad news from the start. He's causing her problems, causing problems in her family, causing all kinds of struggles, and she can't see it. Why? Because she's in love. She's missing his flaws because she's in love. Interesting. It's sort of like this. I'll look at my children and I'll say certain, certain things about my kids. I, I, I'll look at them and i say, you know, you're just so beautiful. And, and one of them in particular always looks back and says, you have to say that. You're my dad. You love me. No, I'm like, really? You are? And they're like, no, you just love me. You're blinded by love. That's the way this verse really works. We have flaws. We have struggles. We have problems. And God looks down at us and he's blinded by love. He says, I love you. I care for you. I adore you. And he says, when I see you, I see you as flawless. And I want to look up and say, you have to say that. Because you're my dad. And I love you. You see, we all struggle with self-image issues. We all, some of us have the wrong self-image issues. We all go through things. That's why problems like anorexia and those things exist. It's because somebody sees themselves as though they're not, and, and they see themselves in the wrong way. I mean, we all, I, mean, we all, I actually had two examples of that happen in my life this weekend. I, I'm not, I did not make this up for this sermon. It happened, and now I have to share it with everybody. Twice this weekend before I went out the door, I thought, I better check my hair. One time, as I looked in the mirror, I literally thought, you are dumb. If, if your hair could mess up, it would have to be there. But you see, in my mind, I have a head of hair like Paul in my mind. Come on now, amen. In my I mean, I can still flop it sometimes. Come on. In my mind. Because that's my self-image. But see, some of us have the wrong self-image. You see yourself as so broken and you see yourself as unfixable. But God doesn't look down and see a lost cause. He sees a worthy cause. And He says, you're flawless. Will you arise? He says it this way, for for my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear it. God says, you have messed me up. God says, I have spent myself for you throughout the dark night. That's, he, said, he says, I gave everything to be able to be with you. He went to a cross. I gave it all because I love you. And you're going, but you have to love me because you're my father. And he goes, that's the whole point. I want to be your father. And this is how the bride responds in this story. The sleeping bride responds. And I, I think this is powerful. I have already laid aside my own garments for you. How could I take them up again since I've yielded my righteousness? I want to just Watch that for a second. She says, look, you've already taken all of the bad and the painful and the horrible things, and I gave it to you, and you took them, and, and, and then you gave me this amazing new life that I didn't deserve, and you gave me this peace and this joy. There's no way I could have ever earned and You gave me all of this, and watch, watch how, watch how the, ne- the next statement goes. It says, you have cleansed my life. You forgave me, and I love this, and you've taken me so far. Far, I had no clue you could take me this far, God. I thought I had made such a. Can I just tell you? I don't know who this is that needs to get this, but I want you to get this today. You have not taken your life so far that God can't rescue you and take you further than you could ever imagine. Back in the other direction toward His blessings. I want you to get that today. You've taken me so far. And then this question is asked, and and this question's what caught my heart in this passage. It says, Isn't that enough? I mean, that's a question. Isn't that enough? And I thought, How powerful that question! You could interpret this question like this. You could say, God, I gave you everything. I mean, isn't that how much more do you want? But that's not how the question is asked. The question is asked more like this God, I gave you my dirty garments of sin and you gave me a robe of righteousness. I, I gave you a broken life and you took me further back toward healing than I could ever imagine. I gave you a ruined life and you gave me better than I could have expected, God. Isn't that enough? How could I ask for more? I mean, isn't it enough that that when I was in my sin, your grace chased me? I mean, isn't that enough? Isn't it enough that while I was doing wrong, you still called my name and you saved my soul and gave me salvation? I mean, isn't that enough, God? I mean, how much more are you willing to pour out on this flawed creature? And God says, remember, you're flawless to me. Amen. But God, you don't understand. I saw your grace and that was more than I could ever wanted. I, I saw your salvation and you changed my life. Uh, but God, then I failed you again. And you gave me grace again. Isn't that enough? (laughs) God, you don't understand, God. I I know I can't go back. I, I don't want anything else, but God, here I stand fallen again after I told you the last time that was the last time. Maybe it's just for me, but has anybody ever else prayed that prayer? Lord, this is the last time. Forgive me. Help me. And then you find yourself having to ask for forgiveness again. Is there anybody else or is that just me? And yet... He's patient. Isn't that a, enough? I mean, isn't that enough? But you've been too good to me, God. Your grace is more than I could imagine. If you came looking to church today to get beat up about who you are, I'm sorry you're in the wrong place. Wrong series. Come back in a few weeks when I'm dealing with gratitude. Come on now, amen. Right now we're talking about how he sees us. He doesn't see you as a spoiled child who doesn't deserve his love. Isn't it enough? Because listen listen to the next statement that is made. It says, my beloved reached into me to unlock my heart. God, wasn't it enough that you saved me? Wasn't it enough that you forgave But now I never thought I'd be able to love again, but you took a heart of stone and you made it flesh again. Isn't that enough? Isn't it enough? And and I think if, if there is any hard part to this sermon, this is it. Isn't it enough that the core of my very being trembled at His touch? Can I tell you this morning that if God no longer makes you feel a shudder at His presence, if you no longer tremble and long for the touch of God, you need a personal revival. You're not there yet. I don't think we'll ever be there. I love what it says. It says, how my soul melted when he spoke to me. How my soul melted when God spoke into my life. Let me tell you something. I can be all over the place wondering what we're going to do, where we're going to go, but the moment God speaks, it's like my soul finds a lighthouse in the middle of the storm. And The moment God speaks, it's like I find somewhere to stand, and I don't care how big the challenge is. When I know that God has spoke, it gives me something to hold on to. And that's what he says. He said, wasn't it enough you saved me? Wasn't it enough that you changed me? Wasn't it enough that you took this heart of stone? Isn't that enough? But yet God keeps on giving and God keeps on giving. And and you're like, whoa, whoa. Has anybody ever given you something to the point you're embarrassed about it? And God says, hey, I have more for you than you could ever imagine you have gone, but I dare not ask. I'll never forget one time I, I, I went into uh, a house with my, my father-in-law, and he, it was his boss's house, and, and we were walking around, and the lady needed something. I think it was like a... Remember when TVs were like the size of a truck? I think she needed a TV moved or something. And, and so we were moving this TV or whatever. And I just happened to notice she had this wall of, I'm a fisherman, and she just had this wall of the most beautiful uh, fish replicas. And it's just big, my, massive. Uh, and I was like, man, I want to catch one of those someday. And she said, You like that? I said, Oh, yes, it's beautiful. And she said, Well, it's yours. I was thinking, I just took something off my father in law's boss's wall. No, 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 thank you. She said, "No, you're going to take that. It's yours." And I said, "I said, I said, no, 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 no. I I don't want it. Uh, No, thank you." She said, "She." My father looked at me and said, "Take the fish." (laughs) I said, "Well, okay, thank you." I'm thinking I would rather have caught it myself. And so I took the fish. And as I'm walking off, she's smiling ear to ear, and I'm like, "Thank you again for the fish." She said, "No, thank you. That's my ex husband's, and it's going to ruin his life that you took his fish." (laughs) threw it in the truck and left. (laughs) Why did I tell that story right now? (laughs) Because some of you dare not ask. Dare not mention. Because you think somehow you've already exhausted the love of God. But here's the next part I want you to see. My spirit arose to open for more. More of His touch. I want more of God. Why? Because as I surrendered to Him... I began to sense his fragrance, the fragrance of his suffering. The suffering what? His suffering love. It was a sense of myrrh flowing all through me. Something inside of me began to realize the price that he paid for me. Now, I've got to, re- got to, going to be, give you a dad confession this morning. And I may have to act like a dad for just a moment so you'll get the total clarity of this. But, you know, when my kids used to win a surprise, uh, there was big surprises and then there was that everyday surprise. And they had that aisle at the, the megastore. I won't call by name because we're broadcasting, but at the megastore, that's their brand. And, and it's like on the same item on another aisle is $22, but you can get it on that aisle for $2. Now, it breaks after one use, come on now, but but you can get that cheaper brand. And so when my kids were little, man, I'd take them down that aisle and say, get whatever you want. And they'd get whatever they wanted off that aisle, and it was five bucks. Now, the string broke after the fifth pull, but it was five bucks. You know, it didn't bother me when that $5 thing broke. It didn't really upset me when it broke because I knew that I had gone the cheap route. But you let them have thrown a fit for something for Christmas that cost me. I mean, if I had to scrounge together to get it. And then all of a sudden, about a month after Christmas, I hear this. I'm bored. Let me tell you right now. You better get your little self up, take your little socks down that hallway and find that toy you at. Sorry, went all dad for a moment, because I paid the price for it. This verse is really telling me this: don't view God's grace as cheap, because He paid a price. And when you real, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit when you realize how much He loves you. Then. You won't be over there going, well, I went too far this time. No, 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 no. He paid the price. But but, but, but I'm broken. No, no, no. He paid the price. He is not. Can I tell you? He's not only is not through with you. He will never be through with you. He paid the highest price for you. He loves you. But Pastor Donna, I messed up for six months. I've messed up for 20 years. He is not done with you. God still loves you. Verse 6 says this. I finally embraced it. I finally got his love. Ready for this? I finally know how much God loves me. I opened my soul to my beloved. Uh Uh-oh, but suddenly he's gone. Well, what joy is that? I mean, God loves you. You start realizing God's love. And in case you haven't learned this, you're going to go through hard times. You start, when you first get saved, it's like you're under the water fountain of God's grace and everything is beautiful and you see everything through rose-colored glasses and everything's awesome, but all of a sudden you go through a hard time, you go through a trial, you go through a problem, and you're like, God, where are you? And here's what you have to make up your mind. Are you willing to pursue him because he pursued you? And the bride in this story says, I am. And she starts running. This is verse number eight. We're going to skip down. She's been searching all through the streets, looking for the one she loves, looking. She's she's overcoming every trouble, every struggle, every problem. And this is what it says. She runs into some young women and she says, Listen, nevertheless, make me this promise, you brides-to-be. If you find my beloved one, please tell him I've endured all the travails for him. Did you know, instead of cursing God in your troubles, When you praise God in your storm, it's a way to show your love for Him. She says, listen, I know a lot of people are saying, why don't you turn back? And I think that this verse is probably one of the best verses that I didn't know was in the Bible that just radically changes me reading it. It says, says, I've been pierced through by love, and I will not be turned aside. It says, I have tasted of what is good, and I can't go back. Look at that verse again. I have been pierced through by love and I will not be turned aside. I mean, isn't that enough that you've tasted of His love? To which the world responds in the form of these, these brides-to-be you see, Philippians three fourteen tells us that we've got to press on toward the mark. We've got to keep working until we reach that heavenly prize through, through, uh, that God has for us through Christ Jesus, and, and so we're moving forward, but the world says, why do you keep going? You've been through a rough time. You, you've, been, you've got a bad diagnosis. Your family's struggling. You're going through this. Why do you keep moving forward? And it sounds sort of like verse number nine, which it says this, what love is this? How could you continue to care so deeply for him? I mean, where is your God right now in this storm? Where is he right now? Isn't there another who could steal away your heart? Isn't there somebody else that could satisfy you? And then the world turns to this this tactic. I mean, we see now your beauty. You're more beautiful than all the others. Uh Uh-oh. You're a good person. You deserve better. What makes your beloved better than any other God? What is it about him? Watch this. What is it about him that makes you ask us to promise this? The promise is, tell him I'm looking for him. What is it about him? Then notice who responds. I think it's powerful to see who responds. The Shulamite bride. Remember we've said throughout this whole series, this is the key to it all. You can be a bride, but you can't be the Shulamite unless you've been made whole by the king. The one who has been redeemed by the king says, No, hold on, hold on, you don't understand. He took my dirty garments. He gave me a new life. He took me further than I could imagine. Are you with me? He brought me out of all the darkness. He brought me out of all the sin. He's brought me forward. And let me just tell you, if that's not enough, let me tell you what more he is. He alone is my beloved, okay? No, 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 you don't understand. He shines in dazzling splendor. If that's not enough for you, Yet he's still approachable. Can I just put that in simple terms? He's awesome, but he still hangs out with me. That's pretty good. Without equal as he stands above others. I mean, get get this. Waving his banner to the crowds, the myriads. Yet he still loves me. But if that's not enough for you, verse number 11 sums up like this. He is my leader. When I don't know where to go, not only did he save me, not only did he redeem me, and if that's not enough for you, if that isn't enough, he guides me beside the still waters. He leads me into the green pastures. He restores my soul. If that's not enough for you, he never lets me get lost beyond the point of his rescuing hand because he leads me along the way. But if, but if that's not enough for you, if that's not enough for why I couldn't leave him, then let me tell you, in verse number 12, it says, he gives me insight and understanding. When I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, he blesses me and he touches me and he changes me and he leads me into the truth of understanding why, where I am. Then he says, but, that, but, if, but if that's not enough for you, he speaks words that both pierce me and heal me. So in other words, he doesn't let me live with my junk without dealing with it, but when he deals with it, he has the ability to heal me. But, 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 that, but if that's not enough for you, if that's not enough for you, I tell you, he's never made a promise that he didn't have the power to fulfill because he has the power to fulfill all of his promises. And in Christ Jesus, his promises are yes and amen for us, amen. but probably my favorite of all. I mean, if that's not enough for you, If it's not enough that God has saved you, if it's not enough that he continues to love you, even in your failures, if it's not enough that all of his grace has been poured out and chases you and he leads you and he guides you and he gives you understanding and he gives you words that uh, clean you up and heal you, if that's not enough for you, if all of his promises being fulfilled for your life is not enough for you, I want you to get this one because this is my favorite. He has an unchanging nature. Now, what does that even do? What that tells me is this. When the Word says God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that God doesn't change, what that's telling me is that God doesn't keep raising the bar to a level that I can't attain to. What it tells me is that God doesn't keep changing the game so that I one day think I'm good and then all of a sudden I've got to find the new way because God changed his mind about what's right and what's wrong. What it tells me is that God made a way and that way is solid and that way is set. And no matter what happens in my life in this world, God's way will still stand. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the very world itself will disappear before one ounce of God's word will change. And that tells me that he's not a fickle lover. That he made up his mind. And when he called my name, he's never regretted it one day. That when he called my name, he didn't think I made a mistake with that one. When he called your name, he did not think, oh, well, uh, that one's not going to make it. No, he called your name and drew you to salvation and gave you garments of righteousness. Why? So that he could fulfill the plan that he created for you because God will not give up on you. He does not change. Let me close with this. And if that's not enough for you, most sweet are his kisses. The embrace of God is like none other. Even his whispers of love, I mean, if that's not enough for you, he is delightful in every way and perfect from every viewpoint. I mean, isn't that enough? But if you ask me why I love Him so... That that just sounds like an old hymn of the church. Is that that a line in a hymn of the church? If you ask me why I love Him so, O brides-to-be, it's because there is none like Him to me. But if that's not enough, understand this as you stand with me this morning. Everything about Him fills me with holy desire. Every time I encounter Him, I just want to grow and I want to become more. And listen to this. And now He is my beloved, my friend forever. Bow your heads with me in this place. Has He done enough for you? Yeah. He's done enough for me. But yet He wants to do more. But how could I ever go back? Just one taste of you was more. God says, I'm tired of you living on just a taste. I want you to embrace my presence. God says, I'm not through with you. I'm not done with you. I don't know who you are, but I know the hand of God and I know the voice of God. And God has sent this message for someone distinctly, And directly in this environment today, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, there are some that are even present. Isn't it enough? Some of you feel like you've outrun God's ability to love you. Some of you are caught in a cycle of repetitive sin and, and you're like, there's no way God can deliver me because I, I blew it. I, somebody told me one time, God gave me a second chance and I blew it and now, now I'm just existing. No, God is the God of the third chance, the fourth chance, and the, the, God never stops. He loves you. Isn't it enough that I've asked a thousand times? No, ask again. If God's speaking to your heart, can I just see your hand right where you are? Hands all over this place. Put those down. I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you very plainly. There's somebody here. You've been running from God. Isn't it enough? Isn't it enough that you've wasted all this time Isn't it enough that you've blamed Him and you know in reality you've never really surrendered to Him? Isn't it enough? The thing is, you're afraid that there's not enough of Him. His love is limitless. The problem is you have this image that God's grace pours out of a spigot that someone controls. It turns on and it turns off. I need you to get the image that God's grace flows like the greatest waterfall On the planet, there is no stopping His grace. There are people here right now, there are people who are listening, there are people that are watching, that you need to give your life to Him. Enough. Stop running. Enough. Stop feeling like you've been abandoned. And come meet the one who's more than enough. His name is Jesus. If that's you today with every head bowed and every eye closed, I didn't embarrass the others that raised their hand and I'm not going to embarrass you. You just raise your hand right where you are. Just hold it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Several in this place, you can put those down. God's changing lives. Probably at least 10 here. Maybe you're sitting watching and your hand just went up right where you are. Maybe you're driving and your hand just went up right there. God's going to speak just as plainly wherever you are right now. Pastor Don, why are you addressing those that are not even present? Because as this message goes forth, the God of more than enough is going to save more than enough and change more than lives. I want you to join hands with someone near you if you would this morning. The Bible says that if we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, that we would be born again. We're going to pray a simple prayer with these and the God of more than enough is going to change them for eternity. Let's pray this prayer we call the sinner's prayer as these make their commitments to Christ this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I declare... Jesus Christ is my Savior by faith I repent of my sins I give you my old man and by faith I receive this new life in Jesus name I am forgiven I believe God is my father heaven is my home this matter is settled Father, I thank you for the faith that we can have in this moment. I thank you, God, that as we pray this simple prayer, that eternal change is happening. That people are stepping into new life. And Lord, they're going to come to live in the life that you have promised for them of more than enough. More grace, more love, more presence, the more power of God. Father, you see everyone here that you've been dealing with their hearts today. God, whatever that is that has a hold of them, I declare that your spirit is able to break it and it is broken in the name of Jesus. And the grace of God is more than enough to bring them where they need to be in you. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your spirit. But most of all, I thank you today for the grace of Jesus Christ and the love that you shower upon us. Amen and amen. Isn't God good to us this morning? Amen.